So we at the ADL and me personally deeply agree. You can't outlaw bad ideas. You can't outlaw hate. You, you just can't. We think the best response to bad ideas or bad speech are better ideas and better speech. That's what you do. You counter speech, right? You don't censor. But that said, the best response to death threats is jail time right like that is not okay that is over the line so I might not like Holocaust denial but we don't outlaw it here in the United States because of our First Amendment and look at the ADL we believe in civil liberties we believe in freedom of speech but there's a difference between free speech and death threats right this is what crosses the line between what's permissible in a free society and what's not permissible when you threaten to hurt to murder someone that is just not okay and so that's where we think Twitter in particular needs to do more. Right. So you wouldn't object to anti-Semitic reference per se. Um, you're not even asking them to remove insinuations that Jews are corrupt. For example, if someone wrote that, it wouldn't necessarily follow the standard you just said. That's right. Hey, you can't stand in a crowded theater and yell fire right in the middle of the movie. That's not free speech. Defeat the propaganda in your brain, folks. Welcome back to Training Tuesday here on the Rob Manus Show here at the Red Voice Media Network, where we bring you the facts and the truth. That makes us dangerous, according to some people. Uh, and I want to welcome the X Spaces. I keep wanting to say Twitter. We'll just call it Twitter X Spaces live audience. We appreciate y'all. Uh, and I know Shell is hosting over there. Now, stay in line, folks. When I call for the question, you got about 20 seconds to make a comment or a question, and then we got to move on. Well, the creator of the Dilbert cartoon, Scott Adams, says he is the happiest guy in the world. I follow him on Twitter pretty closely, and I see those words a lot. And that's in spite of the things and people in this world like the lying man we just watched. He gives us hundreds of examples to use as we walk through life to become successful using the words we hear all the time, just thinking about them in a different way. Uh, we can become happy even when we are suppressed, censored, called racist, attacked for our religious beliefs, fail the time or two at a job, or even when we lose our freedom. And who, which of us hasn't done those uh, if we've lived a full life? Well, Scott Adams has and continues to experience all of those things too, but he's turned the common narrative and propaganda on its head to become happy and free. And he tells us about that in his new book, Reframe Your Brain. I'm pleased to welcome Scott to the Rob Mana Show for the first time to discuss the book and more. Scott, welcome to the Rob Mana Show, sir. Thanks for having me, Rob. Pleasure. Hey, we appreciate you coming out. I don't know if we got you in in time to see the little clip there of uh, Jonathan Greenblatt of ADL, uh, but that that was from 2016. And he said things that I, as an American, as an American who served in uniform for three decades and swore to defend that thing called the Constitution that's supposed to protect everybody's freedom and liberty, right? I agree with him on that. But there's a whole shit show going on on social media with this guy and the organization he leads right now. Uh, and when I saw the clip, I had I just finished reading the book, and I'm like, man, I've got to reframe my brain on on the uh, ADL for one, but on this green black guy in particular. And I don't know if I'm I'm touching the right uh, I'm on the right uh, board there or on the right track. Scott, but uh, but I immediately thought of everything you said uh, in the book because what's happened to our institutions is is crazy, and these people speak out of one side of their mouth, you know, nine years ago or eight years ago. Uh, now today, I mean, this guy's all over social media wanting to censor me personally, and you. Well, uh, I, I don't know if you know, but he uh, actually Greenblatt himself, out of the ADL, came out on Twitter and called me a Holocaust denier. Now, I'm not even gonna, I'm not, I'm not even gonna respond to that because there's nobody, nobody in the right mind thinks that I'm a Holocaust denier. But that, that's the type of organization it is. I, I found out today that he was a staffer for Obama and also Hillary Clinton. I think it was well, one of the, it was either Clinton, one of the Clintons. And I thought to myself, huh, it sure looks like the organization is acting like a, an organ or like the, the, the militia of the Democrats, right? They come in and destroy mm -hmm. anybody who 
who, who's making a difference. So uh, the entire process looks corrupt, but of course it sits upon a really good intention, and I imagine they've done good work. I mean, I don't know their whole history, but I'm not going to say that everything they do is ridiculous. It's just that everything that makes sense eventually goes too far. I mean, that, that's, that's the rule of the world, that everything that makes sense eventually goes too far. That, that's a good point. You know, I grew up uh, knowing about this organization. Uh, and look, I'm a Protestant Southern Baptist by, uh, you know, raising uh, and those kind of things. So as your book tells us, uh, that's the religion, religious path that I went into, uh, which is what 99.9% .9 of us do, I think. Uh, 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 but but I've always been interested in Israel and anti-Semitism because I'm a I'm an amateur student of history, and uh, you know so I wanted and I've always wanted to know what went on in in countries like the worst one, Nazi Germany, uh, that would enable all these millions of people to essentially walk a lot of the times on their own to their own deaths uh, in some very horrendous ways. So, you know it's. Uh, it's really incredible what has happened to our, our organizations and our institutions that we grew up with. Uh, and now, when you try to talk to a young person, uh, we can't communicate with each other on the same basis of knowledge because they don't, they've never seen it. Yeah, you know what I think happened? The, the big problem was that uh, social media allows you to gamify politics. So if, if I meet somebody in person, no matter who it is, no matter where it is, we get along fine. In fact, we don't bring up politics, which is why we get along <laughs> fine. But, but as soon as you get on, uh, let's say, X or social media, and you say, oh, I can, I can zing this person. I, I can get a little dig in. You get a little dopamine hit. So uh -huh. you're getting a, do a dopamine reward for bad behavior, and then it just sort of goes on. And I find myself falling into this as well. So th this is not me saying other people have a problem. This is saying, I have a problem. I, I had to yeah. take a little time off the other day because I realized that I, I was so full of hate that as soon as I turned off my screen, I didn't have any hate. Like it was a sunny day. <laughs> you know, my dog still <laughs> likes me. I, I didn't have a problem in the world. And you know, the next day I'm back at it because I did the, the dopamine hit. So a lot of what we see is, the, is just gamifying our, uh, our anger. So, I mean, we have a system that guarantees we would be split just the way we are. And, and I think it's always been that way when it comes to things like politics and cultural issues and those kind of things, even, you know, even back in the day of the founders. I mean, I think it was that way. I mean, when you read the details about the uh, Sons of Liberty and uh, things like the Boston Massacre and things like that, I mean, you, you get a sense that, that the people closely involved in that had the similar type things, but then, we have this creation, this creation of this uh, technological explosion that just seems like it happened last night to me sometimes about social media. And, uh, and uh, you know, I used to be a runner when I was younger and my knees and hips and, and back were not shot like they are now. And I loved running to at least four, five miles and 40 minutes because that's when I would get my hit you know, of dopamine, uh, as you were talking about, and I loved it. There was no social media, uh, but now you're right. I'm the same, I'm just like you are. I get that same little, you know, zing. If I, if I choose to use it, I get it. And uh, uh, I try not to respond unless it's something that somebody's focused solely on, so on something false about me. And I think you even mentioned this in the book, uh, that you, you use a similar approach. Uh, because if you do, if you respond to everything, I mean, you're, it's going to drive you mad, right? Yeah, one of the, one of the reframes uh, in the book is to take your worst critics, in this case, uh, Keith Olbermann is one of mine, and yeah. he, he was really a pain in the butt. You know, he'd always come into my, my, my tweets at the time and say something ugly about me. And he's been doing it for like 20 years. He's, he's been on me for 20 yeah. years. And uh, finally, I thought, well, I'll just reframe him as my mascot. Now, this is a trick I've used before, and it works every time. The moment you tell, tell yourself he's no longer your critic, he's just a humorous little thing that's dancing around like a court jester, and you tell everybody else, <laughs> then you all get on, then you all enjoy it. So 
when my uh, when my ex followers, X being the platform, not EX, uh, yeah. when they, when they see old men come after me, they, they all start saying, "Your mascot, your mascot." Then it's just fun. So you you can <laughs> you, you can reframe you can reframe a lot of annoying things into just fun. It is, uh, you know, and I love the way you laid out the book, Scott. Uh, and I just have to say up front, folks, look, I have to watch for my bias in this because I've been a Dilbert comic strip reader, I think, since it started. I was trying to think about how many years that's been today, and I'm about to turn 62. My memory's failing me, so I couldn't even think of the years, but I just know. Uh, so I'm predisposed to like you. Uh, Scott, so I have to be careful of that because I want to make sure that the audience gets a good uh, a, a good uh, experience here on the show. But the book itself is pretty amazing. That's what I wrote down. I said, I said this is an amazing book. I try to make some notes uh, on each chapter. And the first chapter is how do you do it? How do you reframe your brain? In 60 seconds, tell them how to reframe their brains. So reframe is a one sentence that just puts different words into your mind for whatever that situation is. Um, and if you know what AI is, and you know that it's created by just combinations of words, then you understand that the thing we think is our intelligence is actually some word combination that we're just spitting out, just the same as AI. Now that's something that hypnotists have known forever. I'm a trained hypnotist. So when okay. AI came around and somebody said, hey, it's just word combinations, I said to myself, I knew that. I didn't know you could make anything out of it, but that's something hypnotists know. So the, the way a reframe works is you just change the words that are repeating in your head. The best one, and I hear people have used this with great success, and doesn't even make sense, is that alcohol is poison. You just replace those words when somebody offers you a drink or you think of it. And I can't tell you how many people have messaged me and said, yeah, I just read those three words and I quit drinking. Now, let me be careful. This is not for addict, not alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah addiction is a whole different thing. But people who yeah. are having too much this weekend, that simple sentence, they tell me, sentence alone, stop them cold, and they're happy about it. That's, that is amazing. Uh, well, let's go over to our live audience on X Spaces, and our host is Shell. Uh, Shell, do you have anybody that's got their hand up uh, or has a comment or a question? I do. We have Gen Xer. Well, go ahead, Gen Xer. What's your question or comment? Well, my comment is to Scott, thanks for sticking in there through all you have. Uh, I know it's been a wild and crazy ride for you. And I'm definitely interested in uh, getting your book because I always like using uh, Jedi mind tricks to help me take myself out of being emotionally manipulated. And it sounds like that's where your book's going. And I think that's fantastic. I wish more people would figure out how to do that. Thanks, yeah, there's reframes for everything from your career to your mental health, to your social life and reality itself. So there's something for everybody. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that uh, I was uh, pleasantly surprised by, Scott, in the book is I, I kind of thought just at the outset that it was gonna be primarily maybe focused on social media and politics maybe, or culture or, or a mixture of the two. Uh, but you spent two chapters on mental health, uh, which yeah. uh, is pretty amazing. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a PTSD yeah. sufferer. Most people know that uh, uh, from my career in the military and, and, you know, hundreds of thousands of us are. Uh, and it was really good to listen. Just sit, I just sat and uh, I did the audio book and I listened to those two chapters twice. Wow. Yeah, um, a lot of people are reading it twice, buying 10 copies, et cetera. Uh, let me give you a, a quick one for trauma. If you've got yeah. some bad past that's, that's, that's uh, bugging you. Uh, one I like to use, there's a number of them, but the one I like to use is that, imagine you would just respond like a, a video game that you just come to life and now you have to make something out of the assets that you have. And you say, okay, first of all, who am I? What job do I have? Yeah. Who are my friends? Am I in a relationship? And then tell yourself, if you, if you were born into that world and nothing had happened before, how would it be? Now, when I do that with myself, I look around and I go, things are pretty good. <laughs> and, and a lot of people <laughs> I think would say, hey, you know, this is pretty good. Now, if things are, if things are not pretty good, for your actual life, then you've got other things to fix, but at least you're not yeah. focusing on your baggage. 
Oh, you're absolutely right. Thank, thank you very much. That's a good one. Uh, well, unfortunately, I got I, I got a break for a commercial. Uh, it, but when we come back, uh, I always do a little video clip on the intro for a cold open, Scott. Uh, and when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the, your pin tweet. Uh, and I've got a little video uh, uh, thing that lasts about 60 seconds or so uh, to uh, kind of frame that up. Because it's interesting the reframe that you are attempting to do with racism in this country. And I'm very proud to know uh, Scott Adams. Uh, and, and when we talk about this, you will be too. It's, a, it's an amazing attempt to try to make things right with the way a lot of us are thinking right now uh, on all sides of that issue. We'll be right back on The Rob Mana Show. Interrupt today's programming to bring unfortunate news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. So take action now. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard and put your hard-earned assets in jeopardy. But here's the good news. There's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Speak to someone at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833-287-2465. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. Yes, call now, 833 833- 287-2465. Act swiftly. 833-287-2465. Well, fellow Americans, you, you just saw in the ad there that breaking news that Biden's dangerous plan for the digital dollar, it's being implemented as I'm speaking to you. Don't be fooled. Uh, it's not going to benefit you and me. Act now before it's too late. The Federal Reserve's phased deployment of FedNow started on July 1st of this year. So uh, we're way behind. I was behind when I first heard about it. So brace yourselves. This is going to catch you off guard, just like it did me. Your hard-earned assets are at risk, but there's a way to legally opt out of the digital dollar in time. How? One straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Get in touch with my friends over at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar and volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833, the number 2 USA Gold. That's right. Call now, 833-287-2465. This guide is going to outline the precise steps you need to take to immediately transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Call 833, the number 2 USA Gold. That's right. Call now, 833-287-2465. That's right, 833-2-USA-GOLD. Well, welcome back to The Rob Mader Show. We're talking with Scott Adams uh, about his new book uh, and uh, some other things, uh, Reframe Your Brain. Scott, I want to show this clip uh, real quick here before we uh, get into this again. Uh, But uh, So, Disco Producer, sir, show clip two. Dilbert columnist Scott Adams. He said some things over the weekend that got him canceled faster than Kanye West. Here's from the LA Times. The Times has decided to cease publication of Dilbert because of his racist comments. Let's see what he really said and then you judge for yourself. Started with a Rasmussen poll to agree or disagree with this statement. It's okay to be white. He said in response, people who answered it is not okay to be white are a hate group and that white Americans should distance themselves. Is that racist? 
Jesus. In an interview with Hotep Jesus, Scott Adams explained it this way. And I think some of the context got lost. If you're not in a constitutional legal sense and you're not talking to an individual, then for career maximization or life maximization, you might want to avoid people you think have a bad opinion of you. Why the f*** did I do this? Because the box was broken and somebody needed to shake it. And we need to be able to actually break through the bubble and actually have the conversation. Well, Scott, I wanted to play that, and I know you have, you've talked about this many times uh, because this was a, 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 not just a big deal uh, in the media and everything, but it's, it was a big deal in your life. I mean, they tried to cancel you completely out of everything, uh, in my opinion. But what caught my attention on it, and I wasn't planning on bringing this into the discussion about the book, but your pinned tweet talks about reframing the issue. Uh, uh, you were responding to somebody that I can't see because they have me blocked. I'm on a lot of blocked lists of these leftists or, or media types uh, that I've never even interacted with for some reason. So I can't see what the original tweet said. But what caught my attention is I'm you, you saying I'm using the controversy to reframe race relations and save the country, as was my original plan. Part one was to offend everyone, and I play the long game. And I just want to talk about that in the context of the book, because I, after you know, listening to the book, I read that pin tweet, and I'm like, oh, we've got to have a, a discussion about this because uh, this is a, an amazing sentence. Because that's what I've been thinking about as somebody who served three decades or more in the military uniform, and and as a commander, would never have been allowed to be in the top two percent of of all officers in the Air Force, if I was a racist, but I get called racist routinely these days, as have you, obviously, it blows up a lot bigger on you uh, since you have such a large following. But uh, uh, that is what's necessary, the reframing of race relations in this country uh, to something that's normal. Yeah, you know, here's, here's my uh, quick description of what's going on. If you allow somebody to say the average of this group is not doing as well as the average of this group, they've already propagandized you because you've accepted that that's a good thing to compare. Now, it yeah. made sense in the days of slavery, right? I mean, if some group are slaves, literally, then yes, the mm -hmm. average of that group is perfect sense. But in our current situation in 2023, when you've got ESG and CRT and DEI, if your your viewers probably are familiar with those, but they all yep. have one thing in common. It's the things that corporations and colleges and schools are, and you know, academics of all types are teaching that there's a victim class and that there's a oppressor class. Now, my advice is that if you're if you're dealing with an individual, you should never discriminate. You should deal. Everybody should be their own, completely mm -hmm. different person. If it's a job interview, no discrimination. If it's a loan, no discrimination. If you're getting married or dating or having friends, just treat everybody as individual. However, we're presented with these, you know, these averages. We've got to fix this average and get some equity. And the part that I think the world needed to hear, which required getting canceled to say it, is that that pollutes relations between the, uh, the so-called oppressed class and the oppressor. And if you're if you're if you're in the category where the society has decided that one group needs to get your stuff, because that's essentially what it is. Somebody's got more stuff, and that mm -hmm. needs to go somewhere else. Under those conditions, you should get out of there as as quickly as you can. You should stay as far away from any population of people who believe you owe them for the the work and the 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 stuff that you made from nothing on your own while they were doing something else. So the first thing you should do is not buy into the averages. So I'm just gonna stop talking about the difference between the average groups. However, and this is the, the, the reframe that I think is a useful one, we, we need to stop comparing averages because none of us are average. But mm -hmm. if there's an individual of any color or type who's got a specific problem, a specific need, maybe you need some advice, Maybe you need a connection. Maybe you need a job. Anything. I'm up for that. Because helping individuals is how everybody gets through every problem. You know, if you've got a good strategy, build a talent stack, I call it, 
if, if you're yeah. doing the big five things that all successful people do, you know, stay out of jail, don't be addicted, you know, build your talent stack, a few other things. If you're doing the basic stuff, uh, systemic racism will still exist, but it won't matter to you. You just slice through it like it doesn't exist. Ma imagine walking into the Fortune 500 company. Uh, you're a black applicant, and you're every bit as good as all the other applicants of different different types. Mm -hmm. But the corporation looking for you. They're not looking for me. That's the current right. uh, landscape. So that's a strategic advantage. But only if you put your skills together so that you can walk in with the same set of skills. So if we can train everybody, you know, of every type, just people who, are, who don't have these resources where somebody was mentoring them, for example, if everybody mm -hmm. had the same set of tools and ideas of what the tools of success are, then we wouldn't even be talking about systemic racism. It could exist, and academics might care about it, and we might try to beat it down wherever we can. But if you're focusing on that and, and what the averages are, there's there's no place to go that isn't uh, worse than not doing it at all. But if you're dealing with an individual, you can make almost any individual succeed because the way people succeed is all the same. It's the same set of tools, but not everybody has access to it. And beyond that, I would also say that black America in particular has what I call a uh, imitation problem, like an imitation glass ceiling. So for example, uh, most other people can look at people who are successful and say, well, why don't I act that way? Well, what are you doing? Oh, I paid attention in school. I stayed out of jail, stayed off drugs. Okay, I'll do that. And then it works. Yeah. But, but if you're a black American and you've been taught that you're the oppressed class and there's an oppressor class, how willing are you to imitate your oppressors? That doesn't even seem like a reasonable ask. Right? I could say, well, academically, you, know, you should do it anyway because it's good for you, but that's not reasonable. That's not how people yeah. act. If people are not going to imitate Hitler. <laughs> right? They're not, they're not right. going to imitate something that, that is the worst person in the world, their oppressor. They're looking for their own kind of role models and that's where systemic racism is really uh, really a killer, is they don't have the school system helping them. The, the teachers' unions are the biggest source of systemic racism because they don't allow everybody to get a good education. They're just too much of a block to the free market in a couple of different ways. Yeah, I like the so way you put it. It's a, it's, a, it's a false glass ceiling is what it is that, that doesn't even need to be there. But the other thing you said, and one of the reasons why I do some of the work that I do as a volunteer to try to keep uh, CR, critical race theory and DEI indoctrination out of the U.S. military, because the service academies, it's rampant. It's been put in by the superintendents, which are three-star generals and admirals, and supported by the chiefs of staff. And the current Air Force chief of staff is about to be made the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Uh, uh, just imagine an entire United States military that is made up of officers that believe in the oppressed and oppressor concept. Uh, and, and in the things that I was taught as a leader to come up and mentor people, whether they were men, women, black, white, didn't matter. Uh, you, you recognize somebody with the skill sets that are, that are, that are capable of gaining the skill sets and you mentor them. Well, they would, those folks would never listen to me. Uh, nowadays because you just brought it up. They don't, they're not going to emulate me because I'm their oppressor. Uh, and that is going to destroy our society as a whole and every institution that the United States has ever built if it continues. Yeah, yeah so the big reframe is to deal with people as individuals and help every individual you can and fix the school systems. And everything else is going to you know, take care of itself over time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go over to our live audience on uh, Spaces. Uh, Chell, do you have anybody uh, with a question or a comment? I do, sir. We have one of our own, Cat the Hammer. Oh, Cat the Hammer. Hey, go ahead, Cat. <laughs> hey, Colonel. Hey, Scott. Um, I, this question is for both of you, whoever wants to take a uh, stab at it. Um, I'm talking. About, I'm going to talk specifically about social media. How we are seeing a definite, pa definite pattern of a lot of videos that are coming out constantly: black on black crime, black on white crime, black people doing bad things. And I'm saying I kind of find it unique that all of a sudden every race other than black is not doing anything bad. And I sort of feel like uh, there's a suppression going on. Maybe they're kind of using videos to 
of the black community to maybe cause more separation because it kind of feels like that. I see people say things they normally wouldn't say, like see a certain pattern here. Um, I'm not saying they're not doing bad things. I'm just saying kind of weird. It just seems like that's the only videos out there. Just wonder what your thoughts were on that. Good, Scott. Yeah, I'll, uh, let, let me take this one. So personally, I was uh, retweeting some of those when I saw them because I thought, huh, there's, you know, maybe this is something that we should pick up as a trend. Is there something going on here? And very quickly, I realized that I had been duped, meaning that every time somebody sends one of these around, it's like a little nugget of propaganda that I didn't want to be associated with. So like just retweeting it, you know, creates this uh, narrative that, again, looks at the average of one group, compares it to the average of the other, and nothing good comes out of that. So instead, I just decided I'm not going to retweet those. Uh, but if there are any individuals who don't want to get beaten up and they want some advice, I would say move out of those places where somebody's going to beat you up. You know, in fact, I think the, the number one need in the country is some kind of a support system to relocate. Because there must be tons of people who say, if I could just get out of this town, my kid would not have the influences and I'd, I'd have a chance. So where's that help? Right? We have every kind of help. But the one that would be probably most impactful is could you move from where you are to a place and still get a job? You know, have one lined up when you get there, place to stay until you get on your feet, that sort of thing. So I, I feel like that's a gigantic, um, like, gap in our social support. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll name the city that comes to my mind when I see the videos. Uh, it's either Chicago, uh, San Francisco, uh, you know, New Orleans. Uh, uh, you know, and I live on the Gulf Coast. I used to live just north of New Orleans, work downtown uh, there all the time. Uh, and, and you didn't see uh, these kinds of things in the videos. And I think you're right. People are putting those out there more and more uh, because they're trying to propagandize that. And the reason why is that is that uh, from a from a uh, social construct perspective, we're not doing what we need to do. And th like the things you just talked about, Scott, we're not saying, hey, do you want to move out of here? Here's a support system that you have access to uh, to get a relocation and, and those kind of things. And we could save thousands of kids' lives uh, just by doing something like that, you know. So uh, uh, great answer. Well, we got to take another break. Unfortunately, we've got to pay for this show with commercials and everything. Uh, we will be right back with Scott Adams. We're going to shift gears to a little bit of a national security reframe I came across uh, on a video here that I want to get his take on and then talk some more about the, the specifics in the book. But I'm Rob Manus with the Red Voice Media Network, and we're dangerous here because we have the audacity to bring you the facts and the truth with guests like this man right here with Reframe Your Brain. We'll be right back. How in the world could such a small group of people with limited resources change world history? But in fact, that's happening, and it's the power of the truth. The truth is like kryptonite. Healthcare isn't, in some sense, working very well. Foster Colson is thinking about this. He's got a new company, an online healthcare platform called The Wellness Company. Telehealth company called The Wellness Company. The Wellness Company. TWC.health is The Wellness Company. The most popular product is the detoxification supplement that features natokinase. Natokinase is the only enzyme that we're aware of right now that dissolves the spike protein. Spike protein is loaded in the body with the COVID-19 infection and definitely with the vaccines. We've been completely accurate on the spread of the virus, early treatment, on the deficiencies in hospital care, and now the deaths that are occurring after vaccination. This is a human outrage and it's occurring at the end of a hypodermic needle. Isn't it interesting? Natural substance is combating this man-made disaster. Crane has a uh biological research facilities 
which, in fact, we are now quite concerned Russian troops, Russian forces may be seeking to uh, gain control of. So we are working with the Ukrainians on how they can prevent any of those research materials from falling into the hands of uh, Russian forces should they approach. Welcome back to the Rob Maida Show here on the Red Voice Media Network. We're live, and we're live in X Spaces here with our producer, Shell, over there, uh, and taking questions, too. But we're talking with Scott Adams today, the uh, creator of the Dilbert cartoon and author of Reframe Your Brain, his latest book. Well, Scott, I, I, you know, that clip right there, it just took me back to uh, the original. One of the things social media does do is it gets the truth out really early. So early that it gives the propagandists the opportunity to call it conspiracy theories. And then even when the truth comes out as the truth from the individual, like, and that's why I wanted to play, that's Victoria Newland. Uh, she's uh, been promoted way up now to some type of undersecretary of state and is the go-to woman uh, for the forever war policies in Africa and Europe and uh, everywhere else. Uh, uh, you know, she admits that the Ukraine, the, the word Ukraine was cut off in that clip there a little bit. Uh, the Ukraine has these biological research facilities that now the United States is worried about. And when I saw that, uh, uh, I came across it today as I was doing my research. I'm like, oh, we gotta, we gotta talk about that because that is a, uh, the reframe, there needs to be a reframe on that because Nobody still believes the people that came out with the uh, facts in the first place. When you look at the, what's going on on social media today, it's always, nope, that's a conspiracy theory. Those biological labs are not there. It's not true, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so how do we, uh, and your book talks about this a bit, but how do we tackle that big of a problem? And that's why I titled the show today, you know, uh, defeat the propaganda in your brain, because that's really literally what you're talking about in the book, isn't it? Is the propaganda that gets in your, gets put in your brain, you have to learn to defeat it. Well, in some cases, it's your own propaganda, right? It's the words yeah. you've been using to describe yourself. That's more of what it's about. But in the case of the everything Ukraine, the one thing you can depend on is that everybody's lying all the time. Because when it comes to war, it's not really immoral to lie, because <laughs> you, you need to win. So, so, so if lying is going to help you win, lie away. That's just another weapon. So anybody who believes anything that comes out of the Ukraine, whether it's pro-Russia, pro-Ukraine, pro-anybody, I don't think any of it's true, at least true the way it's ever presented. And we, it's not like we have a lot of reporters on the ground. And if we did, we wouldn't trust them because <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, nothing is true in 2023. <laughs> so imagine the general landscape of 2023 is that everything you don't see yourself is probably fake or they le left out some context. Now, if you go to yeah. war, a war in 2023 is the least credible thing. And, you know, so I, I just don't believe anything. But my general view is that um, both countries, you know, both their militaries. Uh, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Uh, a war is about failure points. Right? This is my non-military brain here. Uh, mm -hmm. So if somebody has, has a point of failure, say a supply line, that could be game over. You know, or running out of soldiers, which Ukraine might do, game over. Yeah. So I don't think we can tell from our distance who's got a, a more sensitive or more likely to trigger failure point but at the at the moment it looks like neither it looks like it, it, it could just go on so and then all of the the, the lab stuff I, I gotta tell you before anybody heard the wuhan lab as even being a suspect in mm -hmm. the the very first very first days of it a smart friend of mine <laughs> said all right here's that uh where they think the pangolin was or the bat right and look what's across the street he showed me on google maps it was yeah. literally across the street from a place that obviously was a more likely suspect than, than the wet market. So that was the moment I realized that nothing I heard was going to be true from that point on. You know, and then it took, I think it took, I think it took weeks before the news actually said, you know, there's something around there that you should know about. <laughs> it was right across the street. <laughs> 
and and then when you when you uh, when you when you start you know hearing things over the following two years of this whole response and you and you start seeing actual data facts like hey you know in the budget Fauci's organization funded such and such research uh, and then you find out that the guys that said no it's a bat it's a bat it's a bat we're all being paid by Fauci's research dollars uh, and working with the Wuhan lab I mean it's uh, it's just it's uh, we're laughing about it now but you know just think about uh, maybe a, a lot more people's lives would have been saved had the truth just been told and uh, and we tackle the problem the way Americans used to I think attack problems which is head-on with the facts uh, uh, and meet it where it is instead of all this craziness. But you're right about the war. You know, uh, one of the first books I read uh, uh, before I ever got commissioned, I, was, I wasn't even a sergeant yet, uh, uh, is titled The First Casualty. It was written uh, in World War One time frame. And if you haven't read that book, you should, especially if you're in any kind of media, uh, because the first casualty in war is the truth. Uh, so, and that, that, that truth, no pun intended, remains fixed in time and space, regardless of the technological means that we have to kill each other today, which only increases in effectiveness, by the way. Uh, and I think, and, and honestly, I'll, I'll, I'll address uh, the uh, the point you were making about the the breakage points uh, in this war. Uh, I, I still I started out believing it, and I continue to believe it this day that the break point will be, uh, unfortunately, young Ukrainians uh, dying uh, in such great numbers that uh, that they become in no way able to overcome the Russian population uh, because it's just the uh, the numbers just don't add up. Uh, when it when it comes to because that's what you have to do in a war of attrition is you have to be able to withstand uh, taking large numbers of casualties from the other side uh, and to impose large numbers of casualties on the other side what they didn't start out even uh, population wise the, the the military age male and female demographic uh, numbers uh, and it looks to me based on the little leaks that we got out of the the classified side and everything that the Ukrainians are taking casualties in much greater numbers than is being the truth being told. So, I, I still believe well, that's probably going to be the breaking point. I feel like that's the biggest variable. But then, yeah. but then the unexpected part of that is, can you tell me that we're not we don't we haven't built a secret facility that's made so many drones that 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 the Ukrainians can just blacken the sky when when it's time? I mean, do it, will they actually need people? Or will they just say, here's our fleet of drones, and it just goes over and kills everything it sees? I mean, how, we, we've had what? Mm -hmm. How long has the war been going on? Uh, February 2022, 1st of February, end of January 2022. Uh, so so, so about a year and a half. How long does it take to spin up a factory to make massive amounts of drones? So, so I'm expecting mm -hmm. both sides. You know, maybe the Russians have trouble getting parts. But we don't. So yeah. why is that? Why 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 can they? Why can the Russians look up, and there's nothing there? Sometimes, like why why is there not always yeah. something there? Like what what's stopping that? So so to your your manpower point, mm -hmm. which is focus yeah. one. There's probably a phase two that we don't know about. That's well, technology the issue, related. The issue with that is our industrial base has been decimated over the last uh, three decades. Uh, with the uh, approach to the global economy, you know, and moving manufacturing around the world to, you know, like China. Uh, China is a whole other set of problems. We could probably spend a week talking about just you and I, uh, militarily and economically, but manufacturing base worldwide, the West just doesn't have it. Uh, but they are building them. I've, I saw a great uh, concept of a cardboard drone uh, just a couple of days ago that I read up about uh, out of an Australian company that they're selling them to the Ukrainians. It's, it's cardboard. Uh, it's a cardboard drone and it can do it can do real-time targeting. It can do reconnaissance and uh, intelligence and surveillance uh, uh, over over a large area and then come report back. Uh, and it can actually drop small 11 kilogram weapons 
uh, you know, which the Russians have that capability too. Uh, and I don't think the Russians are running out either because they've built their own. Uh, they've had an industrial base that they didn't uh, decimate over a 30-year period, but uh, they were they've been able to shore that up with their allies like the Iranians and the Chinese uh, and those kind of things. And unfortunately, uh, they have an advantage in that too, from what I could see. Uh, and uh, that's the issue, though, Scott, is uh, you can't believe anything. You know, uh, and I do more War Mondays every week, and it's very difficult to get confirmed actual information, even off the battlefield, uh, in the right context. You can get lots of data, videos, and those kind of things, but it's really tough to get the right context so you understand what's going on. Yeah, we're, we're totally, we're guessing as a public, at the same time we're sending immense amount of money over there, and we're not entirely yeah. sure why. I mean, we have a story, but it's not yeah. entirely clear if we know the real story of why we're doing anything over there. Yeah, and we don't even have an end state. We don't have a desired end state. We don't have a strategic objective from uh, the United States or NATO's perspective uh, that, that any leader that's in power can articulate adequately to the American people. Uh, and we couldn't even get Congress to approve a, a separate inspector general to, to investigate where the funding's going and make sure that it's not going to, you know, uh, the corrupt for corrupt purposes. And we have some indications that that's happening too, unfortunately. Well, folks, we got to take another break. When we come back from the break, we'll go over to the X Spaces audience uh, and uh, we'll talk a little bit of politics uh, because Scott's uh, acting in politics, but he also talks about it in Reframe Your Brain. I'm Rob Manis, the Red Voice Media Network. We'll be back after these messages. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled, it won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phase deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared, this may catch many off guard. Your hard earned assets are in jeopardy, but there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started again that's protectfrombiden.com i think there are more race-based uh violent crimes on the right than on the left. Why is this a little more pervasive, a lot more pervasive on the right? Well, the fact of the matter is, I think that there's a lot more violence that's also pervasive in parts of the country that supposedly are left-wing voter bases. So I don't think this is a left versus right issue, and I don't think we should try to politicize this through partisan goggles either, Chuck, especially in the wake of a tragedy like this one. The fact is there Do you are ignore more the black manifesto? men dying on the south side of Chicago. Do you ignore the elements that, that? allowed this manifesto to, to spread online and that what we're, you know... It does feel as if social media well, the f connects some of these hate hateful ideologies. Well, the fact of the matter is I do think we have two standards that we're even applying if we're having a conversation about manifestos. We still have not yet even seen the manifesto of that transgender shooter in Nashville of a Christian school, and yet here we're focusing on the motive. So if we want to look at this through a politicized lens, let's look at what the political media and the political establishment is doing differentially in how they analyze different crimes and then create a new narrative around it. Welcome back to the Rob Mata Show here live on the Red Voice Media Network and in X Spaces with a live audience. Uh, and we're speaking today with uh, Dilbert, cartoon creator and author, uh, Scott Adams. Uh, well, sir, thank you so much for your time. That, that, that clip had a couple of little things in it that, uh, uh, that I wanted to get your take on because uh, Vivek uh, is an interesting guy. And I got to be upfront here. I, I've already endorsed. President Trump for the 2024 election, uh, so I want to be transparent in that. But but uh, Vivek 
Ramaswamy is, uh, he's, a, he's really America first uh, the way I would be. I mean, I've run for office at the federal level before, and, and he, he talks the same things I talked back in 2013, 2014 uh, uh, in my first run. Uh, he's, what's his, he's changed his professional stack, or he's developed his professional stack that has enabled him to do this, if I got that term correctly from the book. Can you yes. see it? Yeah, he, he has the most impressive set of credentials uh, I've ever seen. And yeah. uh, wouldn't you love, by the way, also full disclosure, I've, uh, I've endorsed uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. But uh, imagine sending him to an international meeting and imagine that all the other leaders know he's the smartest guy in the room. Now, oh, when yeah. was the last time we did that? <laughs> now, Bill Clinton was pretty smart. Yeah. Obama was... But Vivek's sort of another level. You know, he's, he's bringing uh, everything from a biomedical entrepreneur background. He's got some legal experience. Yeah, he's, he's uh, really got a full stack. And when you see him debating things, he says what you wish you had always heard. Like, every time he talks, I go, oh, that's, that's, that's it. <laughs> that's what I wanted to say right there. But he's, he also, exactly. did you see... Did you see he was rejecting the uh, comparison of the averages, you know, the, and, in the clip? Yeah, that, and he said, him, oh, you're what? assigning motive. Uh, and you talk about that a lot in your book, uh, about you really can't understand, really, we really don't know somebody's motive. We really don't know it. Yeah, and, and he took both that, of those issues at the same time, which was impressive to me, having read this book. Yeah, yeah every time I see him, he, he impresses the other thing I think is worth calling out is that we have the the most productive bunch of candidates I've ever seen in the sense that they're actually changing things without being elected. RFK yeah. Jr. To totally is changing the conversation. Uh, Vivek is completely changing the conversation. I would say Larry Elder bringing his message about families. You know, yeah. I mean, that's a more complicated topic. But uh, they're they're actually using their candidacy to make immediate changes. I've never seen this before. And there are three of them. Like they're, they're just, just total patriots. Well, we have seen it before, but it's been a long time ago, in my opinion. You know, I think Ronald Reagan was one of those individuals. Uh, I think John F. Kennedy uh, was one of those individuals. Uh, Dwight Eisenhower, maybe, uh, was one of those individuals that shifted, that caused a, a, a seismic shift uh, in the way we see uh, politics and uh, and policy and those kind of things, but this comes at a time when it's it's desperately needed. And I wanted to ask you about RFK Jr. Uh, I have my thoughts on him. Uh, you know, uh, I, I will just say this: if 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 it becomes Donald J. Trump against RFK Jr., at least we'll have a president that loves the United States of America and what it was created to do and what it stands for today. Right. Yeah, RFK Jr. is the only person who's who I don't necessarily agree with his policy, and I would yeah. still be comfortable with him as president because I because I it looks like he would be there for the right reason. Now I don't think he's going to get a shot because I don't think the Democrats yeah. are going to open that that lane for him. But that's why I say he's he's a patriot because he's he, he's already changing how we think about things without being elected, and you can't get better than that. Yeah, and he's he's got some really brilliant uh, uh, ideas on things like in the medical community, you know, vaccines and those kind of things that uh, that are not conspiracy theories and they're not anti-vax and those kind of things. It's just bringing facts in uh, and people just like when you talk about fact the facts on racial relations, people hated you. They developed a hatred for you for bringing that up in the way you did because you were right to do it, okay? Well, and RK Jr. does that uh, with uh, protecting children and this vaccine uh, regimen that they get now. Uh, and I have to say, I have an autistic son. My youngest son is autistic who is susceptible to this latest vaccine regimen uh, when he was born in 2004. So I, uh, I still have don't have a good understanding of what was going on with him as related to that. But it, it piques my interest because uh, he's got the courage to do it even in, in in light of his family calling him out on it, I know that's amazing. <laughs> if you if you can even like hold in your mind what level of 
physical and and social yeah. uh, bra bravery. He's, I mean, his physical risk, given you know the history of his family and and everything yeah. else, and going against big pharma. I mean, you know, Trump's got the same physical risk too. I mean, we have some seriously brave people running for president. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Well, let's take a comment or a question from the Spaces audience, the live audience over there. Uh, Shell, uh, who do you have? I'm sorry, Colonel Manus. We've got Gen X again. I, I almost didn't see her hand. You're lucky. Okay, Gen X, go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. You don't have to be sorry. I raised it pretty quickly. Um, you know, I, I do want to comment that, yes, the um, the risks that are being taken by these candidates are, it's, it's giving me hope. It's a white pill. We have a lot that are, as you say, changing history just by running. And I think RFK Jr. will be a wake-up call to a lot of people who think that their primary vote still matters. Um, you know, many of us know that it doesn't after the... Mm -hmm. Uh, whole court case in Florida of the Bernie supporters versus Florida, where they said they can go ahead and make that decision in the back room smoking cigars. You know, it's it's, right. it's legal history. It's there, and I don't think they realize it yet. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I don't think they do either, uh, Scott. What's your what's your take on the whole election integrity? Can we still do it in this country? I mean, I mean, she also brings up hope, and that's what RFK and Vivek and uh, even Mr. Trump and the courage that they have to to continue with the America First message, but also to to shift that message to to a love of country, regardless of political party, which is what I was raised to be. Uh, you know. Do you think we could still do it, though? Well, you know, the the two people who are ahead are, <laughs> it looks like it could be Trump and Biden. I, I can't imagine yeah. that Biden really, really going to limp to the starting line. I, I don't really think he's going to be in the race in the end. But yeah. uh, we, we, we might not have an option. Maybe our choices are taken from us. And by the way, I'd like to say, you know, I don't want to be canceled or anything, but again, <laughs> uh, but we're lucky in this country that we've seen so many institutions that are corrupt, you know, from the FBI, the Department mm -hmm. of Justice, the G six things. We're not trusting our judges or politicians or anything else. But thankfully, all 50 elections in all 50 states and every precinct were done properly. Kind of amazing if you think about it. That is amazing. Uh, it is amazing. Uh, I know there are some questions about some. Uh, uh, and, and the people in those states that have those questions are continuing to challenge uh, the uh, establishment in those states, and they should. We should continue to challenge uh, elections when we think there is something going on until the truth and the facts come out, you know? Uh, I, I think uh, the, the thing I like to reframe is that individuals in this country are innocent until proven guilty, and we all think mm -hmm. that's a good good standard, but that doesn't apply to entities. That doesn't apply to organizations. So when you're looking at an organization, if they have any kind of opaqueness about what they're doing, you, you do have a, uh, a reasonable right to say, you know, if that's not transparent, uh, I've got questions. So I think the default of any non-transparent system is that if it's not already captured, it will be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if you, if you take if you take any situation where there are a lot of people involved, the stakes are really high, mm -hmm. and there's complexity, complexity where you can hide stuff, and uh, you know some non-transparency. If you take that situation and just wait, that will be corrupt 100% of the time. Yep. Not not most of the time, 100% because the design guarantees it. I like to say design is destiny. If you design the system that you wouldn't know if it were corrupt or not, it will be corrupt. There's no doubt about it. You just don't know if it's happened yet. That's the only thing. Yeah, and we throughout our history, we have evidence uh, of those types of systems where they were created and not transparent and not simple, uh, and eventually they become corrupted. You know, I mean, there's history all over the place, even in the United States of America. Well, Scott, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, uh, where can folks find you? Uh, I know that they probably know, but I always want to give the guests an opportunity to talk about what their coordinates are and uh, what their next moves are, what's coming up next. Well, 
if you want to see the Dilbert comic, it's not canceled. It's just subscription only. So if you're on the X platform, just look for the subscribe button. And if you want more than Dilbert that has uh, some political stuff too, it's scottadams.locals.com, the Locals platform, subscription as well. All right. Well, thank you very much, sir. Go ahead. And of course, reframe your brain. Reframe your brain, folks. Uh, I bought it. I'm going to get a hard copy. Uh, but you can get the audio book real easily in a couple of minutes. Uh, it doesn't take very long. It's worth your time more than once, I will say, uh, because uh, it just covers a lot of territory, Scott, uh, that needs to be covered. And people need to have that understanding of what's going on in their own brain in order to get to the point where they understand the facts and the truth. And that's what we're all about here. So thank you very much, sir, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, folks, that was Scott Adams, author of Reframe Your Brain, creator of Dilbert. And by the way, uh, I subscribe to one comic on social media, and it's Dilbert. It's worth the subscription. Go get it. It's on his X Spaces, Scott Adams says uh, on uh, X. Thank you so much, Shell, for the X Spaces uh, hosting. And uh, thank you all for your questions and comments. I love doing those. Uh, It brings an added oomph. Uh, to these shows, and it helps us do what? Bring out the facts and the truth, which makes the Red Voice Media Network the most dangerous network in America because we have the audacity to push the facts and the truth and destroy the propaganda. Uh, Well, I'll see you tomorrow. It is Whistleblower Wednesday, and we'll be talking to Keelan Darby, who is a law enforcement officer and wife of a police officer, uh, Ben Darby, over in Alabama that was convicted uh, of a crime in an officer-involved shooting, uh, and we've got some updates there. <laughs>